Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. Uh, We're in a series uh, that we've uh, titled Untold. And we're looking at uh, the lesser-known aspects of Christmas that have eternal impact. And, uh, you know, Christmas is a miraculous time of year. Uh, Just over the coming days, and actually for uh, quite a while before today, uh, everything is building. It's building up to this one event. Before Christmas uh, just starts this massive frenzy and hubbub with people shopping and and gift wrapping and decorating and cooking and baking and they're outlining the roofs of their houses with lights and they're putting big inflatable statues in their yards and writing Christmas cards and letters and taking family photos and wearing ugly sweaters. And then on Christmas Eve, all around the world, Offices shut down, stores shut down. There's all this traffic and hustle and bustle and preparation for Christmas. And then on Christmas Day, it's like the world is a ghost town. I mean, it, it, it's just amazing what happens. I mean, why? What's so special about Christmas? Why does everything else take second place uh, to this event? Well, there are four miracles that happened at Christmas that make this, this season, this event, uh, truly special and unique. Uh, First, there's the miracle of who came at Christmas, and then the miracle of how he came, and the miracle of who he came to, and the miracle of why he came. And hopefully by the end of this service, you're going to understand that Jesus Christ came for you. The greatest Christmas gift you'll ever get is the gift of forgiveness, peace of mind, and eternal life that Jesus Christ offers you. And so miracle number one is that God came to earth. God came to earth. Christmas is the celebration of an invasion. It's when God invaded earth. You know, it was a big deal when man walked on the moon. It was a bigger deal when God walked on the earth. And that's, that's the miracle of Christmas, that God came to earth. And you might say, God, I, I, I thought we were talking about Jesus. Isn't Christmas Jesus' birthday? And yes, And Jesus was God. Uh, He said it himself. The Bible calls Jesus God. And Jesus proved he was God by dying on the cross and then being resurrected three days later. He's seen alive by his disciples, seen alive by lots of people. He was seen alive even by the people who crucified him. Colossians 1, 15 through 16 says this about Jesus. It says, Christ is the exact likeness of the unseen God. He existed before God made anything at all, and in fact, Christ himself is the creator who made everything in heaven and earth. Jesus Christ created this world. Jesus didn't start in a stable. What we celebrate at Christmas is not the beginning of Jesus Christ. What we're celebrating is the day he came to earth. Now, people will say, well, I believe Jesus was a good man. I think he was a great teacher, but I don't believe he was God. And there's only one problem with that. Jesus never claimed to be a good man or claimed to be a good teacher, but he did claim to be God. 
In fact, that's why they crucified him. The only charge they could make stick was that he claimed to be God. So Jesus either has to be who he said he was, God, or if he wasn't God, then he's a con man and a liar, or he's a lunatic and didn't know what he was talking about. You know, if I were to say to you, I'm a good man, some of you would say, yes, Kelly, you're a pretty good guy. I think you're a good man. If I were to say, I'm a good teacher, some of you might say, yes, I think you're a good teacher. But if I stand up here and I say, I am God and you need to worship me, now we have a problem. Okay? Because you either have to accept what I say and say, yes, Kelly is God and I'm going to worship him. Or you have to say, Kelly's either a con man or he's nuts. Okay? I cannot be a good man, a good teacher, and claim to be God at the same time if I'm not God. You can't recognize Jesus as a good man and a good teacher and not recognize him as God. He hasn't left that option open to you. Because Jesus claimed to be God. In John 10.30, Jesus said, We are the same, the Father and the Son. He is in me and I am in him. And so the first miracle of Christmas is that it was God himself who came to earth. And that, that first Christmas, the most significant event in history. That's why we celebrate it 2,000 years later. That's why it's a big deal. Our calendar is split by that first Christmas. All of history is split into B.C. and A.D. It's all before Christ, before Christmas, and A.D., Jesus Christ, who is God, is the reference point for every date in history because his coming to earth was that important. Every time you write a date, you are using Christmas. You're using the birth of Jesus Christ as a reference point. Even atheists, I love this, even atheists who say, I don't believe in God, use Jesus' birth as a reference point every day of their life. Their lives are measured by the birth of Christ. That's how important Christmas is. It's when God came to earth. Miracle number two. God became a man. God became a man. He became like one of us. He became a human being. Philippians 2, 6 says, Christ gave up his place with God and made himself nothing. I love the translation that says, he gave up his divine privilege and emptied himself. Okay? He gave up his divine privilege and emptied himself. He was born to be a man and became like a servant. And when he was living as a man, he humbled himself. Of all the ways that God could have revealed himself to human beings, he chose to become one of us. He chose to become a baby. He could have made himself known to us in any way he wanted to. He could have written it in the sky. He could have used thunder and lightning. He could have invented TV 2,000 years ago and put a TV in every home. He could have done it however he wanted. I mean, if you were God, would you come as a baby? Of all the ways that God could have come into this world, he came the same way that you and I came into the world. Jesus was born the way we were born. He was born as a baby. And then Jesus grew up. He grew up like we all did, physically, emotionally, socially, spiritually. 
The Bible says that Jesus was tempted like we are. He had the same needs, same desires, same drives, same problems in life. He faced all the same temptations that you and I face. But he never gave in to them. He lived a perfect life. But he can relate to you and me. No matter what you're going through, Jesus understands because he's been there. He came and lived a, a human life. He was not only tempted, but he suffered. He has experienced real pain like we do. And there were times when Jesus was lonely. There were times when Jesus was tired and fatigued and worn out. There were times when he was under pressure. There were times when he was disappointed. He was misunderstood, mistreated, criticized. He gets all of that because he's experienced it. So God not only came to earth at Christmas, but he came as a human being and he understands uh, what our life is like. And he wants us to understand him. That's the good news. God became man because God wants to have a relationship with you. Uh, you were made for a relationship with God. You were made to know God uh, just as God knows you. You ever wondered, well, why am I here? What's the point of all of this? Where did I come from? Where am I going? Uh, what am I here for? All of those questions are answered in a simple sentence. The Bible says you were made to be loved by God. God created you as an object of his love. God is full of love, and he made you to love you. And if you miss that, you miss a, a major purpose of your life. The greatest tragedy of life is to go all the way through it and never understand what in the world am I here for. Never knowing the creator who made you and never having a relationship with him. It's a great waste of a life because you were made to know and love God just like he knows and loves you. So the second miracle of Christmas is the king of the universe, the God who created everything, came as a child. God became a human being so he could relate to us. Third miracle is who he came to. Miracle number three, God came to ordinary people. God came to ordinary people. When Jesus Christ was born, he didn't come to a select few. He didn't come to the privileged class. He didn't come to the religious people. He came to lowly shepherds, ordinary people. He came to all of us. Jesus wasn't born in a palace, although he was the king of kings. He wasn't born in a nice hotel or even born in a hospital. He was born in a barn. Luke 2 says, Mary gave birth and wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. We tend to sentimentalize the nativity scene and how Jesus was born in a manger. Uh, you know, to us today, manger sounds kind of exotic. Uh, you know, if you look on Christmas cards and look at nativity scenes, uh, we, we make the manger look like a crib. Uh, you know, it looks like something you would put a baby in. But you know what a manger really is? It, a manger is a feed box for cattle. And they would put wheat and oats and grain in a manger. The cattle stick their nose in there. They drool saliva in it. They snort snot in it. it it's not exactly a clean place for you to lay a newborn baby. Yet that's where God was born. When God came to earth, he came in the stuff of life with the stench of animals in a barn. And the first people who got to visit Jesus were not religious leaders. They weren't royalty. They weren't political figures. The, the first 
people who visited Jesus were the shepherds. Luke 2.16, the shepherds ran to the village and found their way to Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. Today, we, we make the shepherds the hero of the story, but in that day, they weren't heroes, they were zeros. Shepherds were nobodies. They were outcasts in society. They, they did a job nobody else wanted to do. And as far as social status was concerned, shepherds were on the low rung of the ladder. And that's who Jesus invited to come to his birth. Now later on, the wise men from the east, the three kings from the Orient, uh, they came and, and brought rich gifts. They brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And so we see that, that from the highest level of society to the lowest level, they were all invited to come to Christ. Jesus is available to all of us. He was born in humility. He was born in the open where anybody could come to him because God wants to have a relationship with you. And so he came down to your level. John 1.14 says, Christ became a human being and he lived here on earth. Say these last two words with me. Among us. I think those are some of the most wonderful words in Scripture. That Christ came and he dwelt among us. He didn't live in a palace where we couldn't get close to him. He lived on earth among us. Uh, the message paraphrase says, Jesus became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. The, the good news is God meets us where we are. And, and you may think, you know, with all the, all the bad things I've done in my life, I could never have a relationship with God. You're wrong. You might think that God doesn't care about me. I'm a little nobody. God certainly doesn't have time for me. You're wrong. God says, I love you, I know you, and I want you to know me. And Jesus Christ came down to us because we couldn't reach up to God. God's perfect. I, I could never reach high enough to get to know God. I could never know God on my own. And so he came down to our level. And it's a miracle. It's a miracle that he would stoop so low, that he would be born as a baby in a barn so he was accessible to everybody. So that the shepherds and the wise men came and they saw the glory of the Lord. Now the greatest miracle of all about Christmas was not who came. It's not how Jesus came. It's not even who he came to. Uh, the greatest miracle is why he came. Miracle number four. He came for our benefit. He came for our benefit. Look at these verses where Jesus explains why he came to earth. John 18, 37. Jesus said, I was born for this purpose. I came to bring truth to the world. John 10, 10. Jesus said, I came to give you life, life in all its fullness. John 12, 48. Jesus said, I came to save the world, not to judge it. So truth, life, forgiveness, that's why Jesus Christ came. He came for your benefit. He says, I came to bring you truth. Well, truth about what? Well, for one thing, truth about ourselves. Because we don't even understand ourselves a lot of the time. Truth about God. Because there are lots of misconceptions out there about God. Truth about life. Because there are plenty of false philosophies that lead to dead ends. 
And if you don't build your life on the truth of Jesus Christ, then you will build your life on a foundation of faulty information. And you'll go through life making bad decisions, having unnecessary stress and unneeded problems that God never meant for you to have in your life. But when you follow the truth of Christ, life makes so much more sense. Jesus said, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. He sets you free to really live the life that God meant for you to live. The truth is that you matter to God. You really do. You matter to God so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to come to earth in the form of a baby. He grew up. He lived a perfect life. Then he died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin, for my sin. And then he was resurrected from the dead and he ascended into heaven where he says, come, be with me for eternity. That's how much you matter to God. Jesus said, I've come to give you life. Why did he say that? Because most people aren't really living. They're just existing. They get up, they go to work, they come home, eat dinner, watch TV, go to bed. Next day, they do the same thing. And the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and that's not really living. It's just existing. And you don't really know what life's all about until you understand why God put you here on earth. Until you have a relationship with the Creator who made you. Until then, you're not living, you're just existing. Jesus said, I came to give your life meaning and purpose and significance. You're not here just to take up space and pass time. I came to give you a full, abundant, eternal life. And then Jesus said, I came to save you, not to judge you. When the angels announced the birth uh, to the shepherds, they said, Behold, a Savior is born in Bethlehem. Now, what do I need a Savior for? The Bible says that heaven is a perfect place. There's no sadness in heaven. There's no sorrow, no sin, no sickness, no problems, no pressures, no pain in heaven. Heaven is a place of absolute perfection. And that means that only perfect people can get to heaven. If God let imperfect people into heaven, then it wouldn't be perfect anymore. And you think, well, if only perfect people get into heaven, I don't stand a chance. And you're right. You don't. I don't. No one does. None of us stand a chance of getting into heaven on our own. That's why we need a Savior. God had to come up with a plan to rescue us, to save us from our sin. And that's what Christmas is all about. God said, none of you are perfect, so I can't let you into heaven. So here's what I'll do. I'll send my son, to Jesus Christ, to earth in the form of a man. He'll live the only perfect life ever lived. He'll die on the cross. And if you trust in him, then I will let you into heaven. And that's the greatest Christmas gift that you're ever going to be offered. I love the Christmas card that says this. It says, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us an inventor. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us a banker. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. 
But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a Savior. A Savior. One day Jesus Christ stretched out his arms on the cross. They nailed his hands and feet to it. And he bled and died and paid the penalty for my sin and your sin. With his arms outstretched, Jesus Christ said, I love you this much. That's God's Christmas gift to you. But for a Savior to be effective, you must recognize your need of one. When a lifeguard swims out to save someone from drowning, they swim out to them, but they don't grab them immediately. In fact, they don't even get close to them immediately. Because when a person is drowning, they're flailing around, they're trying to save themselves. And if the lifeguard gets too close, the drowning person will grab them, shove them under the water, and they'll both drown together. And so the lifeguard swims out to the drowning person, stays a safe distance away, treads water, waiting for the drowning person to finally give up. When they stop trying to save themselves, and they're willing to let the lifeguard save them, that's when they can be saved. And the point is this, that Jesus Christ can't save you until you stop trying to save yourself. Salvation is a free gift. You'll never earn it or deserve it. Romans 3.23 says all of us need to be made right with God by His grace, which is a free gift. We need to be made free from sin through Jesus Christ. Salvation comes to us through Jesus Christ, which is God's Christmas gift to you. Now, people can celebrate Christmas every single year of their life and never receive God's gift for them. God says, I'm offering you life, eternal life. Your past can be forgiven, your future can be secured, and you can have meaning and purpose right here and now. Life in three dimensions, past, future, and present. But most people spend their entire lives regretting the past, fretting about the future, and wasting the present. But Jesus Christ offers to forgive your past, give you a clear conscience. He will secure your future in heaven, and he will give you meaning and purpose for your life today. But you have to trust in him for him to save you. That's God's gift to you this Christmas. Will you receive it? Friends, I, I truly believe, truly believe that you are not here by accident. I truly believe that the sovereign God of the universe has drawn you here today to Rockbrook. I don't know why you think you came, but God drew you here today so he, you would listen for just a moment and hear him say, I sent my son Jesus Christ to save you from your sins. It's the greatest Christmas gift you'll ever get. Why not accept it today? Let's pray. If you've never opened your life to Jesus Christ, you've never established a faith relationship with him, I, I invite you just to follow along with me in this prayer. You don't have to say these things out loud. God will hear your thoughts. He knows the intents of your heart. But will you just pray, say, Dear God, thank you for bringing me here today. I've known something was missing in my life. I just didn't know what it was. And thank you for seeking me even when I've ignored you. God, I want to know the truth about you, about myself, about life. I recognize that Jesus Christ wants to be my Savior, and today 
I ask him to save me. Please forgive all that's been wrong in my life. I accept your gift of forgiveness. I accept your gift of peace of mind. I accept your gift of eternal life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook Church. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.